Welcome aboard the USS Boda. This is your captain, not Patrick Stewart speaking. You're listening to Dork Trek. Dorktrek.com. Engage, Mr. Manny. What's up, everybody? Welcome to a, a brand new episode of Dork Trek. We have a special guest joining us today. We're making like uh, dreams come true today here on Dork Trek. Yes. Uh, we, we have a, uh, I guess, a longtime listener. Yep, longtime listener, first time caller. Thanks for having me. <laughs> you get to actually be on the show. Now, it's funny because we knew James. I knew James in Virginia Beach. And then James Thomas moved to Cincinnati, and I live in Cincinnati now. And we see each other just about as much as we did when we lived in Virginia Beach, which is not at all, because he lives like in Hamilton or some shit. Like that's yeah, far away. I'm like a, I'm a good, healthy hour away from you, because you're on like the other side of Cincinnati. You're not, yeah. even, on, you're not even on the cool side. No, nah, West, <laughs> West Side's for chumps, bro. I'm sorry. I'm just West Side's. West Side of Cincinnati. The West, West Side's not the best side. I think that's the truth. We all know it. I mean, like, and technically, you don't even live in Cincinnati. You live, like, in Hamilton. I don't. I, do. I, li- I live in, I live in Hamilton. Hamilton is, like, the poor man Cincinnati. Yeah, you live, like, in pretend Cincinnati. <laughs> like, I can claim the 5-1, I can claim 5-1-3, and I'm real mad, and my kids go to Cincinnati Public Schools and all that shit, but you're it's just... 5-1-3, buddy. You're just faking. You're just faking it. You Stop live- acting like you both aren't still sporting a 757 phone number, though. Yeah, because I'm not changing my phone number. That's too hard. <laughs> <laughs> like then you gotta give it to people it's it's too difficult <laughs> all right so uh so yeah and then jenny's here as well ben dropped out of the episode because he said it was too real for him it was too much and i get that and dennis is probably just sleeping see it's that's what that's one of the reasons why i loved the episode though was because i mean there's still plenty of jokes to be made throughout the course of this thing i'm sure but if the seriousness is like the thing that blew me away about it mm-hmm. it's real i mean this episode should be called hard to watch <laughs> it's but it was good it was no really, no no really it good it is really really good like it's a very emotional and, and very like well done episode but it's hard to watch like oh like it's oh i feel you gotta feel for o'brien son because mm-hmm. i mean like james you said you took notes right yeah I, I did like the show notes thing just because i wasn't sure uh a, if everybody was going to be here tonight, and uh, like how, because I've never done this with you guys before, I wasn't sure how it was going to work. So I've got like the show notes to discuss uh, before we like veer off on tangents. Like I'm well, sure we're we going to veer off on tangents anyway. Like that's <laughs> going to happen. There's no rhyme nor reason uh, why that will happen. Um, so I wouldn't worry about it too, too much. Like the notes are fine, but this is kind of like a one beat episode. Like you kind of get what's happening. Like. They explain yeah. every they explain everything in like the first fifty seconds, like, like before the credits. Even well, I think. yeah, uh, it's it's the episode that I like to call um, "Deep Space Nine Presents O'Brien's Inner Light," because that's basically kind of. what it was. <laughs> I can see that it's kind of an inner light thing, but this is way way darker than like Picard finding a fucking space flute. This is well, this is uh, this this is the episode that. Uh, like a follow-up to Inner Light should have been, where they actually talk Mur- about it, Mur- like how he was after the experience. How they murder people. Yeah, because we don't actually see O'Brien's experience through this whole thing. He just see, like, you see how it affects him afterwards, which is kind of cool. Yeah. 
like um, watching an episode of Arrow. You see the uh, flashbacks that matter to what's happening in the present day. I don't right. watch this show. I tried. Just don't give a fuck. Yeah. <laughs> It's Damn. it's only it's only worth watching for like the first two seasons. Well, the Maybe first season was pretty good, and then like yeah, I just stopped caring. I don't watch any of the DC shows anymore. They all got a little silly. Yeah, no kind of just to anybody who might be listening that is on the DC shows. <laughs> <laughs> I heard that um, Black Lightning is a big fan. He's <laughs> a big fan, and so is uh, James L. Martin, who uh, was on Law and Order. Who, if we get enough Patreons, we're going to do a Law and Order podcast. I wonder if there is a Law. Do you think there is a Law and Order podcast? We can look it up. I'm sure there's there's a podcast for everything. All right, let's. I'm going to look it up. <laughs> I mean, the show's only been on for like 150 years, so. The Law and Order podcast. These are the stories. A podcast about <laughs> TV's most enduring crime franchise, Law and Order. All right, these are the stories. So far, that's the only one I've seen, though. Like, that's weird that there's not thousands of these things. Oh, they do all the shows, too? Wow. And they're still what? updating. They do SVU. I don't really like SVU. Um, uh, I don't see why those crimes just don't land on regular criminal. I mean, on regular crime, but whatevs. I think it's just used to talk about sick. Because then there wouldn't be a separate show. Yeah, just for that. Somehow like- that that whole show is like a little bit too dark for me to watch regularly. Like I can watch the ones with people dying, but when it talks about you know people getting raped and stuff, yeah. and it's like it's I'm like no, nah, that's too much for me. <laughs> it's a weird line. No, I agree. Like, and you can't watch it with the kids around because, or you know, I don't. It's just too much rape for me. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not. I don't like that much rape in my entertainment. <laughs> You know yes. what I mean? Like that's, I mean, maybe there's a better way for me to present that, <laughs> but like, I don't like all the rape, you know, like it's just too much for me. Like the original law and order, there was a nice mix of like, you know, like brutal murders and like, you know, some, some, you know, my favorite episodes of law and order. And this is nothing to do with anything. Like when they wrap up the case very quickly and then McCoy decides to sue or go after somebody else, like a gun manufacturer. Yeah. Like there's a shooting and then they wrap that up in like 10 minutes. But then they're like, but now we're going after the gun manufacturers. So they find out that they they uh, found the wrong person guilty or something yeah. like that. And they have to like go back and try again. <laughs> you know, one of the best episodes of Law & Order is like, I guess it's after someone um, – after they execute someone and then like, it's like they all went to the viewing of the execution and they're like hanging out at a bar. Have you seen mm-hmm. that one? Oh, yes. that one's, that one's so good, dude. That one was really good. Yeah. I love that. Shit. God, I love that. Shit. I was really, I was really sad when Jerry Orbach died. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm just going to sit here and nod and smile. I've never watched. <laughs> You've never Order. seen law and order. Oh, dude, I've seen, uh, so good. I've seen- I've seen parts of like I think Special Victims Unit when it was just on TV in the background, mm-hmm. uh, but it was never one that I got into. Like I don't really care for the procedural cop shows. You know I don't either. And honestly, this was a show that I used to watch like when I was trying to go to sleep. I was just putting <laughs> on because I'm like I can just put something on in the background. There's just like dudes talking about somebody getting killed or whatever. I don't care. <laughs> and just, it'll that the sounds of murder will just lull me to sleep. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I, I keep having the weirdest dreams. 
<laughs> but I can't sleep through SVU because it's too disturbing. Too rapey. I feel <laughs> it's you. Too rapey. Yeah. I think the only show along those lines that I ever really watched a significant amount of was, was NCIS. And that's only because it was always on at my parents' house. Yeah, that show sucks. I'm sorry. Like, uh, Well, that show got infinitely cooler when I found out that the one dude was Zachary Binks on Hocus Pocus. So uh, <laughs> Now you lost me there too, son. Like, I don't know. My mom watches NCIS and she gets mad because it's supposed to take, in for, take place in Virginia. And she's like, that's not what Virginia Beach looks like. I'm like, mom, nobody gives a shit. Like, that's, I think, like, that's the only yeah, reason why. There was a there was an episode that I remember seeing where like a murder happened at the Virginia Beach oceanfront and and the the oceanfront as depicted in that show was lined with palm trees. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's clearly a much nicer oceanfront. And like that's not that's not what this area. There's no mountains around here. I'm like, all right, Captain Fucking Carmen San Diego, gives a fuck. <laughs> what are you talking about? Golly. But anywho, so yeah, so this episode is pretty much like we said, it's a one beat pony. Like O'Brien, he's in jail and he's got this big bushy beard. And like he looks really cool with like the big bushy gray hair and the big bushy beard. Like I like Mountain Man Miles O'Brien. What year is it? (laughs) He looks because for some reason why he was never cast in the Lord of the Rings movie is beyond me, but this is as like hobbity looking as he'll ever get. And I think it really draws me in instantly. I'm like, oh shit, they made him a hobbit. Mm-hmm. I can't, I can't wait to see more. I mean, he practically is a hobbit. Yeah, but he's not. But I mean, why wasn't he not? Why was he not in the movies? Was that was know. that a hobbit look, or was that more of a dwarf uh, look? Same thing. I mean, I'm I'm talking fantasy, Lord of the Rings kind of, kind of the same thing, Bob. It, it, I mean, it's different, but same. I'm when I say Hobbit vibe or like Lord of the Rings, I'm talking the fantasy genre. Like why he wasn't there playing an elf, maybe not an elf, um, but like a, a, a dwarf. I could definitely see him as a dwarf. Yeah, like a little dwarf with his fucking hammer, like you know, <laughs> hanging out in Moria and shit. Yeah, like one of the thousands of dwarves with the names that all kind of sound the same. Yeah, <laughs> Bormir and Dormir and Tormir and Schlormir and Oaken Fork and Oaken <laughs> Fork. Yeah, just guys like that. Like I don't know why, but whatevs. What do I know? But yeah. So then, um, they tell him that he's been in there for twenty years, and you're like, man, I haven't watched twenty years of the show. What's happening here? You know, for the crimes of espionage. Yeah, and again, I like O'Brien. <laughs> espionage, really? It, I had to pay extra attention to it this time around because the first time I missed why they accused him of that. So the whole time I'm sitting there thinking that like was did Cisco send him on a mission? And if you're going to send anybody on a spying mission, why the fuck did you send O'Brien? No. So I had to I had to like actually pay attention and listen this time to find <laughs> out the part where he was falsely accused. Yeah, he was like fiddling with some equipment or something. I don't know. He's he basically gonna... just stumbled into like a top secret room or something like that. It's... Yeah, yeah. Like they they never they never addressed why he was there. Uh, they they just, like Cisco is talking to Keiko, and he says, you know, he was real interested in their technology. You know, these aliens that you've never seen before. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Like, he asked one too many questions, and they're like, well, why the hell are you being so nosy, guy? No one questions the <laughs> fucking the KGB. <laughs> they threw him in jail. 
<laughs> they how long did he actually serve in jail for a few hours yeah, yeah it was like it was like two hours but they uh, gave him 20 fine. years of memories of jail and they did it in two hours like this is cruel and unusual punishment like how my, is this how is this happening in the 24th century or whatever year we're in here my first thought was that like in a way it was actually kind of more efficient and like a better use of or better way to like punish somebody without like actually taking their entire life away you know yeah. didn't and they actually kinda... say that in the show yeah. like, the, like it's a more efficient process like i think that's what they said and basically the whole purpose of putting somebody in prison is to like rehabilitate them and get them back you know if they're going to release them at some point to uh-huh. get them back into society so basically now they can teach this person a lesson and you know rehabilitate them in a shorter span of time without actually having to like keep them in prison for all that time and spend all the money and everything. I was like, that seems actually pretty good. That'd be all fine and good. Like if there was some rehabilitation going on, but this was just clearly like they were tortured. Yeah. They were just not feeding you and letting your hair get, I mean, nobody was going to this prison to get their GED. Like nobody (laughs) nobody came out like with a air conditioned repair degree or anything like that. Or these motherfuckers just come out hungry and dirty right. looking, you know? So it was, it, I guess it's just a form of torture that they can, eh, we can, to- we can squeeze 20 years of torture into two hours. That, that is efficient. I mean, <laughs> and then it doesn't really cost you anything in actually like uh, taking care of them yeah. for any significant amount of time. You don't mm-hmm. actually have to feed them, even though apparently that wasn't something they were doing in the fake memories either. Yeah, but then you're done and then you're, no harm, no foul, and then you're back as a broken corpse of a human being. And, <laughs> broken and, shell of a man. And your society is forced to deal with you. So, I mean, it just seems rather cruel and unusual that they would allow something like this to happen. O'Brien yes. thinks it had been 20 years, but it had been a few hours. Yeah. And he and, was uh, sad, an interesting, sad, sad. An interesting fun fact before we get too far past the opening scene is the, uh, the female alien... Uh, in that scene, uh, who was, I'm looking up the name now. Hard times. These are hard times they put on this country of ours. The, uh, not her. The, the character Rin, as she's called on IMDb. Rin and Stimpy's? Rin, sure. Uh, is played by an actress named Margot Rose, who was also Picard's mediocre wife on The Inner Light. Oh. I wonder if they did that intentionally as like a tie-in or something. I would think so because again, like the whole idea of having twenty years go by mm-hmm. when really it's only been a couple of hours is a very inner light scenario. Mm-hmm. Guys, uh, we'll be seeing her again when we get to our Law and Order podcast because she was in one episode of Law and Order Los Angeles. Of course, everybody's <laughs> in Law and Order. <laughs> Everybody. <laughs> Hell, I was probably in Law and Order. <laughs> I love it when people come back for multiple parts on Law and Order. Like, no, man, you was in episode season seventeen when you killed your wife, and now you back again as a witness. <laughs> like, that's always my favorite. I'm not supposed to know that. I mean, but when, when you watch enough of them, I mean, because I started watching Law and Order once baseball season would end when I lived in Virginia Beach because I needed something to do, and Law and Order was on um, TNT for like thirteen hours a day. Mm-hmm. And I would just sit down and watch nine hours of Law and Order, and it was awesome. I set my DVR to pick up the the show, and it'll save like all of them. That's awesome. And it'll say like because we have the YouTube TV, and it'll say like 
which recording of this do you want? And it's like, it picks it up from every single channel. So like at least five different networks are showing law and order at any given time. (laughs) I don't want to say I'm super jelly, but I am super jelly. (laughs) Cause law and order is just something that I can sit down. Trek is that way too. Like, yeah, I can just any episode. Yeah. And I'll just watch it. Cause I love it. You have the YouTube thing. I do. Set it up on your uh, on your library. Picks Maybe. them all up for you. See, I didn't know how to do that because I haven't gotten super comfortable with it yet, but I might mm. have to start messing around with it. It's pretty nice. It's pretty it, nice. It, it seems pretty dope. I mean, if I can just record stuff. I had a Chromecast, but my kids broke it. So now the only way I can really watch it is if I'm downstairs because I don't have like the newer – I don't have the newer technologies Because I guess like you can do YouTube TV on like PS4 and Xbox 360 Mm -hmm. or whatever, or Xbox One or whatever the hell it's called. I don't have either. I don't have either one of those, so I just have to watch it with Chromecast. But that's cool, man. Mm -hmm. Now, can you imagine if at the end of every Law and Order episode they just hooked up somebody to the torture machine, gave them four hours of (laughs) (laughs) prison time? Think about that. You could watch all episodes of Law and Order. In two hours. That would be so... I, that's what I would need the prison machine for. I would sit down and I would watch every Law & Order episode. I'd be like, dude, I got 20 years, bro. Like, I got I to get 20 years of this, this show in. I can do it right. in two hours. Let's go. And then I would do Star Trek next. I'm like, all right, let's be watching. Just reboot. You come back, you're good to go. Yeah. Around. Like, that was amazing. <laughs> I like your way better. Yeah. <laughs> it's efficient. Me too. I mean, you know, if it's one thing I'm known for, Sufficiency, <laughs> which isn't true either but whatever <laughs> oh, so, yes, so we bring o'brien back to the station and he's all fucked up obviously and yeah, you know yeah. what god bless o'brien i mean god god bless o'brien and god bless julian what a friend mm-hmm. <laughs> what a good good guy julian just wants to know where his boyfriend's been for the last two hours right yeah, but I mean, like they all. But I mean, he's so he's so caring, and like he's so he just it's so it's so nice. It's so nice. They make such a cute couple. They do. They really do. They really care for each other. You know, there's a real love there. Mm-hmm. Oh God, just wait until you get to. Uh, I want to say it's like ah. the last episode in the series. No, no spoilers. Just uh, it's. Do they kiss? Uh, I hope so. <laughs> on the lips. <laughs> Really no hard. comment. He, oh, yeah. Nah. <laughs> but you know something uh, is is afoot. There's something odd happening here because when Julian asks him, "So, what's up?" I mean, you were alone for 20 years. How did that go? And he's like, "Yep, all alone, completely, completely alone." And you know he's lying. But wait. <laughs> but he, why is he lying about this? So I spent most of the episode just wondering why he was lying. I think okay. it was pretty obvious that uh, because he was alone in the cell when they got him, I think it was pretty obvious where they were going with it. It was just a matter of what or yep. what was the event that actually took place. Alone, totally, totally alone. Not a care, not a soul in the world to talk to. Nobody at all. Nope, nope, nope. I didn't do any of that stuff. Uh-uh. No way, Jose. Definitely didn't but kill my then. cellmate. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, Why would you even ask? There was no case of murder ever 
in the nope, not me, not O'Brien. That's not my thing. And that's that's more of an Odo slash Kira murder thing. That's mm-hmm. not an O'Brien thing. <laughs> no. Nah, no. Nah. Uh, me yes. mur- n- no murder? Nah. <laughs> But yes, we get a we get a flashback of O'Brien being tossed into his cell, where lo and behold, there is a green-skinned alien there to pour some kind of root juice in his mouth. Yeah, what's his name? He's got a weird name. Uh, uh, Echar. Echar, what's up, Echar? How you doing? It's like, yo, sup? I'm your cellmate. I'm Echar. And then he tried to convert. Here. Then they tried to convert each other to like Muslims. Like they they took on Islam, and then they got their GEDs, and it was real nice. They started doing push-ups, and then like an episode of Oz <laughs> broke out. Like it was really weird. Well, Echar did say that he'd been in that cell alone for six years. That's so a he long. He needed to nurse Brian back to health real fast. <laughs> yeah, that's a long time. This is a very, but I mean, like. Six years now. How many minutes is that? If he'd been in there six years, is that like forty-five seconds? He's been in there, or uh, it would be something like that. Because if two hours was twenty years, then six years would have been like it probably would have been like three minutes. Yeah, I'm horrible at math. I, I mean, I'm okay with that. I think that's, that's close enough. enough. Yeah, <laughs> I believe the old expression is "good enough for government work." Exactly. <laughs> I'm a, I'm a good math bullshitter. <laughs> I think that's all you really need to be unless you're like a scientist or a math teacher, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Then you need to actually kind of know the game. But if you're not, I mean, yeah, that's a rough estimate. <laughs> rough estimate. Rough. I can just throw out 111 numbers and then something's going to hit. Yep, that's what's going to happen. <sighs> so, yeah, um, we um, we hard times. We got hard time blues. And then – Deep Space Nine walking around the station. He gets some flashbacks and he sees Keiko and then Keiko is actually transformed into an old hag of his friend, Echar. And you're like... Which really goes to show which person did he really want to see walk through that door? I mean, did they have sex? I bet they had sex. Did they bang? Spoilers, that's who he was thinking about when he snapped that dude's neck later on. (laughs) Keiko. (laughs) Did they bang? I'm yeah. sure they did. Did Echar and O'Brien have sex with each other? Of course they did. <laughs> of course they did. Who was I mean, bottom? They, they you're had trapped to. in there for so many years. Like at some point, you're gonna start. You're gonna experiment. You're gonna you're gonna see what's up. How quickly? Okay, since you're so five uh, minutes. Five, <laughs> as soon as they threw him in, he just took his dick out. And he's like, "All right, let's get it on." Man, it's been a while. Yeah, I haven't had a cellmate. I haven't had a cellmate in six years. Guess what? We're having sex. And O'Brien was like, "Yeah, I guess that's cool." My wife's pregnant. She came back to the station. She didn't want to bang, so it's been a little while for me too. A couple hours. Uh, how about we just start? We'll watch each other jerk off first. I mean, banging right off the bat is kind of a commitment. Yeah. Let's just watch each other. You got to work up to these things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, like, while I'm masturbating, like. Let me blow a kiss at you and see if that. And see let what me that call does. you Julian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's what you're saying is that maybe maybe they work their way up to the boat race. Yeah, it's like, hey, who's Julian? Is that your? Is that the name of your sweetheart back on the the ship? Your wife? Like, yeah, wife. Sure, yeah. <laughs> yeah, wife, yeah, 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 wife. That's what it is, wife. Yeah, yeah, you got it. That's a very pretty name for a woman, isn't it? Not a not a man at all. <laughs> Yep, I love my Julian. (laughs) 
such a <laughs> wonderful woman. Am I right, guys? <laughs> right, yeah. right. It's just each art here. You're just talking to me, bro. Why? Are you, what are you looking around? <laughs> looking into his, he's looking into his uh his his the office camera. Right. <laughs> Shaking his head. <laughs> What's up, HR? But yeah. Um, and then they just kind of it's just you know I don't want to again it's it's a great episode but like it's it's you know Worf's playing darts with them and then he sees HR and then like oh man what's happening and then. You know, O'Brien wants to do work and he's getting real grumpy and like he hates his family. But I think that was just there. Yeah. You know? yeah the, uh, the time the apart, whole... I think, made him realize that he didn't want to be around them. The whole episode <laughs> was like, like the whole third act of the episode was basically just O'Brien interacting with the other members of the cast because they were contractually obligated to be there. Yeah, he's just kind of grumpy. He's, like, not excited. He's like, everybody just leave me alone. <laughs> like, all right, that's what you want. But and what's this funny... About the time, sorry, this is about the time that he started having the visions of the of HR, like, in the ship, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, was know, seeing, he was seeing HR everywhere, Jack. What's funny is uh, the first thing that he does when he gets back to the station is he tries to go back to work. So he's having the uh, the scene with Jake where he's trying to remember what all of the tools are so that he doesn't look foolish in front of his team. But, mm-hmm. and this is something that I was thinking of, even with the inner light in Picard, like if somebody thought that they just spent 20 years in prison, or even in Picard's case, 20, 30 years in just another life in general. Mm, yes, you, my lovely, you, wonderful life where I was a <laughs> flute player. Do you want to put that person back to work right away? No, absolutely away? not. But I mean, no. they, they never do that. I mean, like, Picard was a fucking Borg, for God's sakes, who killed thousands of people. And like, they just blow, put him back on the ship in a couple weeks. Like, hey, you'll be fine. Yeah, but at least, yeah. with, at least with Picard, he's the ship captain. He's not really necessarily the one that does anything. O'Brien he is does, the, He's the captain. He's the most important guy on the ship. O'Brien doesn't do anything. Sure, the space station <laughs> doesn't like fall into the wormhole or lose life yeah. support. I get what you're saying. Like he needs all that technical. Him at least a week. <laughs> right. Get him reacquainted with everything. Go to therapy a few times. Yes, definitely go to therapy a few times. <laughs> Which we find out from Julian, he was not doing. Yeah, he's like, yeah, I'm not doing that. That sounds dumb to me. Take some like, space Xanax. All this stuff is dumb to me. Like, I'm not going to the doctor. I'm not going to talk about it. He's being very, like, stereotypical, like, Irish, kind of like, yeah, I'm not doing any of that stuff. Like, that's all because Because he's stereotypical Irish, what does he do when he gets really frustrated? Smash shit. Well, I noticed that, like, you can tell what kind of guy O'Brien is in this episode, too, because, like, when he starts losing it in this actual jail cell, he makes a, he's like, I'll show you, fucking, and he points to his cock, and then, like, (laughs) like, (laughs) Like, I got your fucking right here. And they're like, whoa, Brian just pointed to his ding dong. And then he's going to beat his kid. Like, at one point, like, he, like, bucks up to Molly. She's like, daddy. She's like, shut the fuck up, kid. And he's like, that's right, motherfucker. Like, he gets all in her face. And you're like. In all fairness, Molly was being really annoying. I will say this. That kid loves to color. <laughs> she does. So does mine. That is the colorist kid. 
I mean, like, I think coloring's a real blast. I really enjoy it, too. But, I mean, Molly is the most colorist motherfucker in the whole wide world. Like, that's all she does. Because, like, when we saw her at the beginning of last episode, when, when they came back, she was coloring. And Miles was like, well, can I color? She's like, fuck no. And like, damn, bitch, why are you being like that? It's but, probably the only thing they could get that kid to do on set. Maybe. Was, was color. Because <laughs> I, I know, like, if... Uh, if my daughter's acting up and she and she like doesn't want to do anything, she's just sitting there like shouting, screaming. Tell her to go color, and she sits down for a good hour just doing that. So that was probably the only thing they could get that kid to do on set was to to not like throw a fit on the camera. Was just go sit down and color. That makes sense. That makes sense. I mean, to be fair, coloring is pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. It is, I, I I recently started coloring again myself because my daughter wants to do it all the time. I love coloring. I have a Star Trek coloring book that I have, a Next Generation book. It's pretty red. You can get it at Barnes and Noble or whatever, or online, perhaps. I gotta get some good coloring books. I keep Is trying to get like the fancy ones books? with like the designs and stuff, and then yeah. like they're too hard to color and they're not fun. Like I just, I just want like regular cartoons. Dude, I have the the Star Trek book that I have. One of the because it's scenes from the show, like drawn out by artists and stuff. One of them is where uh, they are yelling to the fucking Klingon god to take another warrior. <laughs> like that's a page in the coloring book. Like there's a dead Klingon on the table, and Worf and another guy are just standing there yelling at the fucking ceiling. Ah! It's amazing. <laughs> They're warning fucking Stovacor about another warrior coming. It was awesome. Yeah. What was it? Uh, I think it was last Christmas or two Christmases ago. They released like the Die Hard and Home Alone coloring books. Oh, that's Walmart. cool. Nice. I'm into that. <laughs> I love uh, me some Die Hard. Everybody loves Die Hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a great film. I can't. Yeah, I really enjoy it. And that's the one thing I miss about cable is every time it was on, I would just watch it. Mm-hmm. No matter where it was in the film, no matter what time of day it was, no matter what I had to do, it's like, oh, Die Hard's on, and it's like a third of the way over. I'm just going to finish it. Yeah. Yeah. There's yeah. there's a few movies that, that you can do that with. Uh, like, for me personally, I don't like to start movies that or watch movies that have already started. I like to sit down and watch them from the beginning. But there's a few where if it's on TV and I have nothing else to do, it could be halfway through or almost over i'll just think oh this is a great movie i'll sit down and watch it mm-hmm. die hard's one of them mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. girl damn girl and i feel that way about any star trek episode like yeah. especially like a tng episode or deep space nine's a little more difficult at this point because i have to remember where we are yeah like, oh yeah i haven't seen this one yet so i'm not really super sure what's going on because i saw this episode on heroes and villains one day or here's an icons. And I was like, man, what the fuck is going on here? Like, this is just so weird. Cause O'Brien's like separating his food at the dinner table. And like his wife's a real asshole. Cause he just came back from like this 20 year quote unquote prison sentence. And he's separating his food and she fucking laughs in his face. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. You fucking maniac. It's like, bitch, I mean, that's not nice at all. Like, come on. In all, in, in all fairness, as far as they're all concerned, he was only gone for a couple of hours. Yeah, like but they have all... some fucking awareness here, man. Like, yeah. think about what's going on. Like, the only person that really seems to be, like, keen to his needs are is Julian, and that's it. Like, It's because Julian's always keen to his needs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, 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 I'll swallow it. Yeah. <laughs> Get it all. Yeah, you bitch. But that's the only thing I'm saying. Like, 
I don't know, man. It just seems quite odd to me that she's just like, what are you doing? It's like, oh yeah, this is what I used to do in prison. And you're just like, oh shit. You just <laughs> laughed in that motherfucker's face. Damn. <laughs> bitch. Yeah, you suck. And then they and then they go to bed and O'Brien can't sleep in a soft bed anymore because he spent 20 years on the ground. Sleep so Keiko finds floor. him sleeping on the floor. Yeah, man. Hard times. He put hard really, times. This is really, like the I think O'Brien was just trying to get away from her. <laughs> the shit. He, was, he finally has an excuse. He was trying to get away from her, but he was tired, so that's as far as he could go. Maybe, you know what, I'm starting to think maybe this whole espionage thing wasn't an accident. Like, he thought he was going to go to, like, really <laughs> <away from> her. <laughs> and then he was like, what, it was only, like, a four-hour prison? but I still get the torture of an actual prison? This is bullshit. Now I have to go back to Keiko? And she's just going to yell in my face. Fucking mock my PTSD? Thanks, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's real funny, Miles. You're a stupid idiot. Well, not to skip ahead, but that's basically what she did uh, after Cisco relieves him of duty. And he just kind of disappears for what I guess was an hour. He finally walks back into the room and instantly Keiko's just in his face. Yeah, Miles, you've been gone. Where have you been? They've been gone for an hour. He's like, that's 20, that's 10 years of prison time. I've been gone. (laughs) (laughs) And I like the fact that, like, he's, he is the, like, quintessential, stereotypical, like, unhinged coworker where, like, the first place he goes, is the bar. <laughs> no, no. The first place he goes after he gets relieved of duty is he goes looking for Julian. I'm going to fucking kill that motherfucker. And like, he just starts yelling <laughs> at Julian. Way to go, dickhead. I can't believe you would do that to me. Uh, uh, it's like, dude, you're not helping your case here, Andy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, you're just making it look worse. Like, yeah, let's make it even more obvious that you're kind of fucking unhinged. Yeah, that you're a maniac. Me. But you did get, uh, out, of, out of that scene, you did get the first, uh, I guess, tug at the heartstrings moment of the episode when he looks at Julian and says, don't you get it? We're not friends. Yeah, but he wasn't talking to your mans and them. He was talking he to... Was ta- he was talking to both of them. He was talking to that guy. He was talking to both of them. No, I don't think he would speak <laughs> Because the O'Brien that they knew that was that they were friends with died in the prison. Yeah. <laughs> it's all very, I mean, it's all very, like, just sad. Like, it's just sad. Like, this is just a really dark episode in O'Brien's system. I mean, you can see that he's clearly just struggling with all of this stuff. And you just feel so bad for him. Yeah. You know? It's, a, it's really, it's. It's material that they never really covered in Star Trek before, which I think is probably one of the reasons why I latched onto it so much as it being one of my favorite episodes of Deep Space Nine. No, I can totally see it. It's a great episode. Mm-hmm. One thing that like kind of confused me about the story is like it seems like they they found him guilty of espionage and sent him to prison like really really quickly yeah like, there was no time for starfleet to step in and be like hey could you could you fucking not like let's do an investigation <laughs> or something and figure out how we're gonna take care of it in our own system there was no time for that prime directive bullshit they were just they were yeah. they were doing their law <laughs> I mean, like, they sent him through, like, express court or something because 
it just seems like they could have done something to step in and stop it. But he was like found guilty and went to prison and done in like a matter, like just matter of hours. Well, there wasn't even, it sounds like there wasn't even like a trial of any kind. They just said, Oh, this guy's asking too many questions. Put him in jail. Right. Like it it really just assuming that they put him in trial. Cause you know, I've been watching a lot of law and order and everything. (laughs) Cause even, uh, go to jail. Yeah. Because even when you're going to space jail, (laughs) space prison jail, enjoy that prison jail of the mind. Whoa, prison jail of the the mind. (laughs) What are we gonna do? We're in prison jail of the mind. This is awful. But even when they first toss O'Brien in there, the first thing that HR asks him is if he's a seditionist. So, like, clearly, like, that that apparently happens frequently on that planet. Like, no matter what you did, they're just going to just toss you in one of those rooms. This planet clearly is not winning any kind of human rights Mm -hmm. um, kind of awards or uh, superlatives, if you will. Now, I was also a little bit confused. Like, I could never quite figure out if Ichar was, um, like, was he all a figment of O'Brien's imagination and just he part was, of this construct? Or was he, like, programmed in or what? He was, he was a part of the program, but it was like a, it was like an immersive program. So Like how, a holodeck sort of thing. Yeah, like how the story unfolds is based on the decisions that you make. So it's like there. a choose-your-own-adventure prison? Yeah. Yes. So, so there's a there's probably a version of that program that for a different prisoner where each R doesn't die. Where, because in, where instead of watching each like other masturbate, movie. they just fuck right off the bat. Like and that and that changed everything when they were like, Hey, let me watch a jerk off first so we can get comfortable with each other. So like if you're saying like if they would have just banged right away, they would have been prison married and then that would have been weird because then they would have had to come back to the station and O'Brien would have been all like, Hey Keiko, I was in jail for twenty years and I got prison married. I'm really sorry about that. Like, would your wife be mad? Like, would she be mad if you got prison married, if you were in jail for 20 years, but it was only, like, two hours? That's a tricky one. Um, I'm going to say that my wife wouldn't be happy about it. <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, you're, but you didn't know any different. Like, you were in jail for 20 years, and, like, things are going to happen in jail, and you may get jail married, you know? I don't I know. I think you got to get a pass so, on that. Yeah. <laughs> I think so too. I mean, if O'Brien's going to get a pass on murdering this guy in pretend imaginary jail, then why wouldn't he get a pass on marrying a guy in pretend imaginary jail? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, I feel like, uh, wouldn't the, wouldn't the, Agra- like, even if it didn't really happen, I feel like the Agrathi, the little green aliens, if they're going to throw somebody in jail that quickly, do you not think they would have kept him there longer for murdering an inmate? You would think because, so. Because he, cause he says that uh, he, he was only alone in the cell for like two weeks. But these people don't seem to be like, <laughs> these people don't seem to be very big on like human rights. So like if a prisoner gets murdered, who cares? Yeah, I think if, if anything, it's going to be more like, man, that guy sucks. Well, I totally wanted to kill that guy. What a bunch of bullshit. <laughs> I mean, it uh, almost seemed like. Less holographic they, mouth defeat. <laughs> I kind of wondered if, like, they manufactured the whole, like, let's starve them to see what happens, to see if he would kill them. Like, almost like, hey, 
maybe if we get him hungry enough, like he'll just snap and kill the other guy. Yeah. You know, because like he said, they started feeding him like the very next day. It seemed like they, they kind of manipulated that situation. So maybe they wanted to see like the bounds that members of the Federation would go like, to, you know, maybe to use for like their propaganda mm-hmm. films later. Like they say they're better than us, but they clearly are not. When put in situations, they murder each other just like anybody else would and blah, blah, blah. They're animals, you know, <laughs> that could be. So, I don't know. It sounds like a situation that would make Q proud. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> know, somewhere Q has like a raging boner and he's like yanking it. I, like, I knew they were a savage child race. I knew it. This is so awesome. All I had to do was put them in pretend jail and not feed them for a while. They've they probably got cameras on this and like they put it on like uh, space TV and he's watching it like it's, you know, Big Brother or something like that. Yeah. And then Somebody. Somebody get me John Luke on the phone. I'm not going to laugh in, in Cisco's face. He'll punch me again. <laughs> and he will. He will. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, and then I guess O'Brien goes to a very dark place. He's got nothing left. Like he was going to beat his kid and he doesn't have a job and he just goes down to the to the fucking hangar bay and starts knocking over obviously empty containers. Like, why are there so yeah, many empty those, containers? Yeah, all those the, all those empty plastic containers that they always have stacked up in the cargo yeah. bay. It's like, it's so weird. Like, why are there so many empty containers around? <laughs> That's why he's so mad. He just had to smash them up. He's like, this makes me so angry that they just leave all this empty shit laying around. Why can't there be stuff in here for me to hit? It would be so much more satisfying. God, this is the fucking worst. <laughs> You'd think they would have at least had a better sound guy to edit that and make them not sound so obviously empty. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was 1992 television. They didn't care about. Yeah, no, it guys. wasn't 92. This was in like this was 95. I think. Mm-hmm. Sounds about right. Yeah, I want to say this was 95. I had the episode up, but I took it down because I mean, like, we kind of got what happened here. No, 96. But 96. Still. Wow, this was 96. Mm-hmm. Jeez Louise. Uh, do you feel old yet? Um, <laughs> I do, but like sometimes I forget how far along this is because I'm still thinking of like like TNG time period where it's like the late 80s, early 90s. Mm-hmm. So to think that this show was on in 1996, it's like, wow, I really didn't watch any of this because but i guess at 96 i was 19 and i'm not trying i would guess i wasn't trying to watch star trek at 19 i was trying to right. get, get, get my dick wet and smoke yeah. some smoke i some didn't drug. watch deep space nine hardly at all when it was on first run it wasn't uh it wasn't the one that i could get into it was like like most people i didn't care for the first season so that's why yeah, you like Voyager, right? You're a Voyager guy. I, I did like Voyager. I mean, ne- Next Generation is still my favorite, and I'll, I'll now nowadays I'll I'll put Deep Space Nine above Voyager now that I've actually watched all of it. Hmm. But in terms of enjoyment, while it was on TV, I liked Voyager. Awesome. Still a little skeptical about this one. Yeah, well, James is the guy that'll be doing the Voyager episodes by himself <laughs> when none of us show up. James yeah. is talking about Voyager. Dork Trek downloads are going to drop significantly when it's just it's me talking about, about Voyager. Well, we're going to have the Wheel of Voyager. Yeah, I'm really excited about Wheel of Voyager. <laughs> Although I will say, I, 
uh, the Wheel of Voyager idea is, is a good idea. I remember laughing my ass off when I when you guys pitched that a few episodes back. Or I'm pretty excited about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I will say that there's a handful of episodes that I think should be omitted from the wheel that everybody should watch. No, there's some good, there's some good Voyager episodes. I'm not going to disagree with you and say that all Voyager is trash, but I'm saying like, there are some pretty bad ones. And like, part of me is annoyed that they smooth over that Maquis thing too entirely. That could have been your whole first season. It could have been. You're right. You know, they're just the Maquis and the, and the fucking Federation people are just kind of at each other's throats and like, maybe there's a mutiny or something, but now they just like one episode. Yeah, we're good. There's still a few episodes, uh, peppered through the first season where the Maquis are a little uneasy and there's, there's a few opportunities for mutiny, but obviously it never really pans out. So it's they they don't drop it completely, but you're right. It could have been a story arc for at least the first season. Yeah, that shit that shit made me mad, son. <laughs> and I I actually thought it would have been interesting, and I think I messaged you about it one time. If the entire show uh, had been about the Maquis versus the Federation, like if they if the if the Maquis won and forced like the few remaining federation people to follow them to follow like, the maquis how, how different would the show have been if they weren't like concerned with the prime directive all the time well i mean but the the fad the prime directive in voyager is kind of fast and loose um because <laughs> i mean it has to be you know like they can't well, really they still follow it like it as often as they can like there's even a few episodes i remember where like they meet some new planets and they're in the, the aliens are talking to her like oh tell me more about this federation blah 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 and janeway is like well we have this thing called the prime directive <laughs> yeah it's pretty rad i don't know if you guys heard about this but we like it a lot <laughs> You know, when it's when it when it's convenient to the plot, we like it. <laughs> yeah, and sometimes it really is, so we kinda gotta do it. And then other times we just go to planets we shouldn't go to and some stupid little kid steps on some flowers. Oh good lord. <laughs> yeah, but you know what though, man, sometimes that shit's gotta happen, son. <laughs> sometimes that shit's gotta happen. Uh, yeah. So anyway, while O'Brien is uh, beating some shit up in the cargo bay, he's fucking mad. He, he uh, spots his eyes on weapons locker number forty-seven oh, shit, and I'm pulls gonna... out a phaser. I'm gonna kill all my. I'm gonna... At first, I was like, man, is he gonna go like postal and kill everybody? But nah. Well, he does. Uh, he does set the phaser to maximum space kill. Maximum space kill. <laughs> And but he turns it on his chin. Dun dun dun, dun dun dun, and 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 the episode's over. O'Brien dies. He's gonna kill himself. And you're like, dude, man, this is really—it's very powerful. Like this is—they've—they've they've never really addressed suicide in Star Trek before. Yeah, like P PTSD. Perfect utopian society. Like, why would anybody want to kill themselves? Yeah, like the only time I remember it coming up was with Worf. Uh, when he broke his back, but even then they treated it like a typical Klingon tradition. Mm-hmm. Like I can't fight anymore, so you have to help me die. No, this and- is clearly like mental health. This is a this is like the Star Trek mental health issue. Yeah, yeah, and it's 
fucking great. Like it's it so well done. It's mm-hmm. it's it's fucking fantastic. And Cole Meany like acts his ass off in this in this scene. Like yeah, this was this was the episode that when I was done watching it, I think I picked up my phone and I was gonna text you, Bob, like right away. Like holy shit, this episode was so great. Yeah, and and then I think I stopped myself like just short of sending the message because I remembered that you hadn't watched it yet. Yeah, I hadn't got that far, but I mean, man, it's it's really powerful stuff. And then you see kind of why O'Brien is tortured so because he fucking he's in the midst of like this crazy hunger fit. Him and his cellmate, and O'Brien wakes up in the middle of the night and he thinks he's hiding out on him they haven't eaten in weeks and he's like this son of a bitch is hiding out on me and he kills him on accident and then he gets his food and he's like you were gonna split this with me huh but he's clearly dead and you're just like oh shit you killed him mm-hmm. yeah i don't know yeah. but uh so yeah i don't think we said but julian is in the uh hangar bay now at this point trying to talk trying to talk the phaser away from O'Brien's chin. And he does a really good job. Like even Julian, I thought his acting in this was, was mm-hmm. really strong. Yeah. Yeah. Th- this entire scene was really, really well done. And O'Brien starts telling him the story about how he killed each And that, and that brings up another good point to why this episode was so great because O'Brien talks about how, you know, growing up, they were taught that in the 24th century, we're more we have a more evolved sensibility is the popular term they'd like to throw around and when it came down to it when it came down to me and him and hunger uh he killed the guy yeah just straight up just straight up animal instincts Mm -hmm. i don't even think he meant to kill him he just kind of was like it was it was like an anger fight like yeah he was just pissed off and they were desperate they were starving uh, but yeah, the, the the actual killing was by accident. But yeah. but all the same, you know, it was just, it was just one of those situations where no matter how evolved you are as a as a as a human being, as a society, if you will, when, it, when mm-hmm. it comes down when it comes down to your survival and being that hungry and desperate, and you know, you and the other guy. You know, mm-hmm. short short of that other person being like your kid, survival instincts are going to kick in, and you're going to try to be the one that gets the food. Yeah, exactly. Got to eat, son, and he killed him, and then he's real sad, and then he's got to sit there for two weeks, and he killed his. But I mean, at the same time, too, he like killed nobody because it's all just again, just yeah, just fucking with him. But you know? it. And that's the that's the way you can easily just say, oh well, you know, it's it never really happened. You're still a good guy, but I mean, as far as O'Brien's concerned, it happened. Yeah, and O'Brien, yeah. I mean, because it's real to him, you know. Yeah, and that's what makes the episode so deep. Sorry, <laughs> Jenny. There's no need to apologize for silliness. <laughs> what do you do? Then you then you have to apologize for seven years of it. I no, just that's... apologize for interrupting. That's no, all. They're, they're, they don't even have to worry about that. That's what we do here. We interrupt and we're silly. We're silly interrupters. Okay. okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> I want to know. <laughs> I want to know what kind of a uh, murderous rage suddenly went through Julian's mind though when uh when O'Brien dropped the line that Echar was his best friend. 
Yeah, like, hey, <laughs> what the fuck am I, chopped liver? Like, I know, well, like, I want to fair, see, they, I wanna they, see Julie just, like, step back, like, whoa, dude. Well done. <laughs> I guess I know where I stand. But, I mean, to be fair, um, you know, they did spend 20 years together. Mm-hmm. You know? So... Suddenly, uh-huh. Julian's going into uh, the Gamma Quadrant to get one of those headsets. He's like, <laughs> he's like, I'm going to give this son of a bitch 20 years of a life with me. Yeah, that guy's a dick. <laughs> and then it's over. I mean, and then they give him some medicine and, you know, they try to deal with his depression. And it's, it's really, it's really, really well done. It goes yeah. in space like pro. Mm-hmm. I think the only thing I think that could have made this episode better was that if it had more lasting effects for the series and wasn't like a one-off filler episode. Um yeah, but you could yeah, but you can say that about plenty of Star Trek episodes. I mean, it doesn't can. I mean, I mean that was the premise of the whole concept for yeah. the longest time was just, you know, the standalone stories, you could put them in any order. Yeah. Practically and mm-hmm. it it wouldn't matter. But with Deep Space 9 being so story focused, like, this episode yeah. was so good that I think if they had switched it up just a little bit, and instead of it being, like, the Agrathi or whatever they were called, like, if it was, like, the Dominion, and it was, like, Wei Yun or somebody that had put him in prison and had, like, some sort of, like, con- like continuing element, like, that's the only thing that would have made this episode better. Well, I kind of like that it was somebody completely different because it didn't like mess up anything that was already going on with the Dominion or like the Cardassians or whatever. Um, so it didn't like interrupt their whatever their canon already is. Yeah, you know? I agree. Like, yeah. Um, so like these like these aliens can be just like one and done. They're gone and they're never going to come back. But like I could see where if uh, like Colmini had you know changed his acting a little bit for like the next. I don't know, like six episodes or something, and maybe just kind of was a little bit more dark or more aggressive or something. Like as he's still yeah. fading out of it, you know, yeah, kind of coming yeah, back into like this society. this time, like next episode, it's like it never happened. He's back to just being Chief O'Brien, right, right. And I could I could definitely see that it should it does feel like it should have had like a lasting effect for it to be more impactful, you know, as a character development thing. Yeah. So, but I mean, you know, space medicine works real well. <laughs> That's true. You know, like space medicine, son. They hook it up. They're like, boom, I'm fixed. Boom. How long <laughs> is it going to take? A couple hours. I mean, he was in jail for 20 years in two hours. They could fix his ass in no time flat. That's true. You know, if Riker can cure his space herpes before they even pop up, then <laughs> then on. they can they can they can cure uh, O'Brien in I mean, like six. It's the breeze, Jack. They got this shit figured out. <laughs> like, yeah, we got this. But I mean, it's just crazy that I mean, like to think. I don't know, man. It was just it was it was really good. I really I really like it. Yeah, this was a great episode. This was a great episode. And uh, I was reading about it, and they were saying that uh, like the guy that wrote the story, he'd been trying to get this episode made since season one, and. Uh, the, they, the the producers just weren't going for it. And they finally got it in season four. But originally there was no Echar. Like it was just going to be O'Brien was in the jail mm. for 20 years. And he was, the point was he was going to reassimilate to daily life. Interesting. But they had an episode uh, that they had 
planned and never made where uh, Ensign Sito from the Lower Decks, you found out that she was alive in a Cardassian prison and, oh, okay. she ki- and, and she killed her cellmate and suffered from PTSD for, for the remainder of that episode. And having never made that episode, they just took that element and made the HR storyline. Yeah, line. I think the okay. HR, HR storyline works better. And, yeah. it's O'Brien, and it's O'Brien because everybody likes O'Brien except Keiko. So it kind of res- it resonates with you because you're like, man, that's really good. Poor O'Brien. I'm really glad that everything worked out for him, you know? Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, because everybody loves O'Brien. Everybody loves O'Brien. Well, there you go. So. Except, well, I mean, you know, that's how it goes. <laughs> so, James, uh, what did you think of the episode, buddy? Uh, I'm going to give it a Deep Space 8.5. 8.5, all right. All right. All right. What about yeah. you, Jenny? What do you say? Um, I think I'm going to give it an 8. I really eight. liked it. Yeah, it was, um, there was a few little flaws. Like I said, I think it would have been better if it was kind of, you know, spread out a little bit more. But, yeah. um but it really reminded me of like a Black Mirror episode, like the way that technology influences our lives. I was like, this is it's kind of weird because now Black Mirror is parodying or, you know, doing um, a version of Star Trek on their show. So yeah, it's kind of neat. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I like it. I'm going to say an eight. I thought it was really well done. It was very, it's just, it's just, just sad. Like I felt terrible for O'Brien and it was just so good. And I really liked it. It was great. Yeah. It was great. It was a really good episode. Very personable. Uh, tug at the heartstrings. You really feel for O'Brien. Like, I have feelings for O'Brien now that I never knew existed. <laughs> so it makes him a very likable character. And, like, it's just – it was wonderful, man. It was great. I really liked it. So there you go. James, I hope you enjoyed being on Dork Trek. I have. So, so it's a lot of fun. It's a good time. Um but yeah, thanks man. For us. Yeah, thanks for joining us. That was really good. I enjoyed that episode a lot. And if you want to come back, if there's other episodes coming up that you like, feel free. Um, you'll I be definitely want to. I definitely want to come back for uh, season season five. I forget what episode it is, but it's called the ship. Okay. Well, we got time. We got time. Yeah, there's there's plenty of time. I, and no spoilers, but I want to come back. I want to come back to that simply for Cisco voice. Okay. I'm into that. <laughs> And then um, go voice in that episode. Oh, uh, and then who wants to come on? What's her name? We've talked about having her on a couple times, Jenny. Yeah, we want to have Charlene on. Um, we haven't been able to work that out. She wants to come on too. So it's yeah. nice to bring people on just for the fun of it, you know. We're gonna get her on soon. She's just, you know, busy. She's got a new yeah. job and she moved. And life is hard. We didn't do yeah. the show for two years because I moved. So yeah, yeah. I get it. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, that was awesome. Well, thank you, guys, and thank you for listening. Uh, we're on Patreon. We are up to 26 people. If we get, uh, what, 100, we'll do Law & Order. I thought 100 was already a goal for something. 100 was more content. We will review more shows, films, oh, okay. based on suggestions of the Patreons. Maybe I'll say if we get to 50, we'll do Law & Order. Okay, I'm down what for that, because I'm going to watch Law & Order anyway, so I yeah. might as well do a podcast about it. Yeah. <laughs> If you get to 27, you'll delete the G.I. Joe episodes. No, the G.I. Joe episodes are really good, man. That got us all back on track. If it wasn't for G.I. Joe, who knows where we'd be. And I, I think really... I listened to half a G.I. Joe episode when I was during my binge listening. No offense. <laughs> I love the G.I. Joe episodes. People really liked it because they forgot how kind of dumb G.I. Joe was. And Transformers was worse. 
I didn't watch either one of those. Those are shows for boys. Uh, yes. I don't believe in that though. Well, G.I. Joe's a great time. I've got the uh I've got the whole series in that like Foot Locker box set that Shout you Factory. Should have been made. on the G.I. Joe podcast. So we just would have made I fun of you for liking been, it. But... Cause man, that show. I'm all about kicking the mustard out of some hot dogs. Was not great. <laughs> that is definitely nostalgia. 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 So You've seen the dubs, right? Like where they dub over G.I. Joe? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Actually, sp- speaking of G.I. Joe slightly, those some of those cats are going to be uh, at the Cincy Comic Expo, yeah. too. Yeah, it's going to be sweet, man. I, I'm not going to go. I mean, I'll probably go. Yeah. Uh, I always show up just for a little while. Um, it's, it's cool, man. It all works out. Yeah. I'm probably not going to go because I've got a new uh, space baby on the way. Heck, yeah. Congratulations. <laughs> Thanks. Congratulations. So, but, but all right, everybody. That uh, thank you, James, for joining us. We really appreciate it. And uh, Dork Trick will be back next week. Oh, and uh, Saturday, I'm going to release uh, part two of. Um, actually, I don't even know if I ever put the first one up. No, I think I did put the first one up. Uh, part two of Dork Trick Adventures that'll be out. And then on our YouTube page is actually the uh, the video of the playthrough pod. So you can go to what youtube look for dork trek and we're trying to we got like 18 subscribers on our youtube page bro because yeah. fucking blowing it up i'm just really having fun making video i don't know why so videos I'm, I'm gonna try to do more of it we'll see what happens i might as well got nothing else to do um so yeah man so thank you for listening and we will be back uh, next week bye bye